Hello and welcome to the debug log number 87. Today we are back after a long two month hiatus. We're back and ready to hit 2018 with a bang. Uh, this is a jam packed episode too. We have two parts to this really. The first part is what the title of the episode is, Game Dev Tricks. In September, you know, October-ish range, there was a cool article on Twitter thread jumping around about all the different things that game developers do to not necessarily trick the player, but help them feel, make it a better experience for the player, sometimes to trick them and to hide technical issues. Really interesting discussion, a really cool list, though it's a fun discussion on that. The second part of this episode is our 2017 wrap-up, where we talk about all the big stories this year, what our favorite games were, of course, and then we, you know, talk about what we're most excited for in the new year, in 2018. All of that and more. So without further ado, this is the Debug Log, episode 87. How do we do this? I forget. All right. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Yo! Yeah! You're listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about... Yeah, we're back again. Hi. I'm Ira Glass. You're listening to the Devog Log, a podcast about game development. My name's Andrew Curry. I'm Obino Opara. I'm Zach Schneider. And I'm Ryan Kilgore. And we're back, and it sounds like we're back. We haven't done this in a while. Because we haven't. A couple months. Because <laughs> we haven't. Brutally honest. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. I think November was our last episode. but I know, man. It's horrible. We're do it. It's been busy. I think, yeah, we'll talk about some of the plans in the future. Zach got married. Not, so. Yeah, just blame it on me getting married. Yeah, that was in October. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Everything's <laughs> blamed on Zach and I's progress with our games. You got married this year. That's why. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, but tonight we wanted to come back and do like a fun little episode. We missed, I mean, this is after the holidays. We didn't get to do a chance to do our holiday special like we've done the past couple of years. But what we thought we'd do is we have some fun you know, game dev tricks. There's like a little stocking stuffer for you. It's not like a full episode. I don't know any advice we get out of it, but they're fun little things. Right before the holidays, they're fun. There's a few articles about some interesting thing game developers do. And then we'll do our traditional do our games of the year, stories of the year, stuff like that. Things we're excited for yeah. for 2018. So before we get started, Obina, it's been a while. You got any reviews? Have people stopped giving us reviews? They, exactly. <laughs> no, no, we've got a couple still uh, still lingering. So I'm going to read one from Stupendous Man 5 who says, Excellent content, good production, great personalities, five star. I just recently picked up Unity and game dev as a hobby and was searching some industry podcasts to learn some best practices and tips. While I was initially afraid I'll be out of my depth due to my experience, the debug log has an excellent back catalog filled with episodes going over some basic general concepts. For example, source control, some design patterns, etc., etc., as well as deep dives of current games and topics. While the content is excellent, I'm also very impressed with both the playful banter of the hosts, their perspectives, and the production values overall. Looking forward to listening to it all. So that's it. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that was written back review. in 2016. <laughs> yeah. 17. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we haven't been that. It's not been it hasn't years. been that long. You're right. <laughs> it's been six weeks. It's fine. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah, but good. we really appreciate that stupendous man 05 for writing that review, taking your time to. I'm not sure if you had to download iTunes or not, but taking your time to write the review because they really, really help uh, when we produce the show uh, to get you know some traction, get people excited about the show, and learn about I guess what we're doing on the show and the community that we're trying to build. So thanks again. Keep writing those reviews. Keep them coming. We'll keep the show coming. The show. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before, like I said, before we get into the the year end stuff, the game of the year, all that stuff, I had this one little stocking stuffer I thought we'd do um, earlier. I think it was actually it was it was a while ago. It was in this article's from September. So, um, but there was a fun Twitter thread being passed around. I think we saw the times. So we started immediately passed it back and forth in Slack, and this. Um, this woman, Jennifer Schluer, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, she's the design mm-hmm. lead on Opaque Space Earthlight. That's the name of a well, game and a lead? company. She's a design lead. She's a game okay. designer. And she, and she did this Twitter post, and it kind of started this. And it's funny because it spawned like eight other articles. But she did this post said, hey, hashtag game dev, tell me about some brilliant mechanics and games that are hidden from the players to get across a certain feeling. Example. And then um, she, the first one she picked was um, this guy worked on Surgeon Simulator. He just said they hide stuff in the game. And he said one of the things, if you pick up the phone in Surgeon Simulator it'll actually, and dial your number, it'll actually call your phone, which I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. That didn't, That's sort of not related to this thing, but Wait, that was so, the first one. Yeah, I read that, and I was like, it says dials your phone, but how does it know it's your phone? Can I dial, like, you know, a pizza place, and all of a sudden Surgeon Simulator calls the pizza place? <laughs> No, yeah, I, I guess so. so. Maybe I think it acts like an yeah. actual phone, an auto dialer, which is yeah, interesting. Right. <laughs> but basically, the gist of this was the whole idea is that we talked about this before, but it's like about balancing games. So a lot of times in games, you have all these systems, you have all these things, you spend all this time designing, but then you get it and you start. Usually, this comes out of play testing, get people in there, and you're realizing people are dropping off. They're not, you know, having fun in certain parts, and instead of changing your entire system. You can put in these little, uh, not cheats, yeah, yeah, tweaks, but they're very like context specific things, like in a moment that will make the people not that you're not telling the you know the player about, which is the interesting part about this, but that make their experience feel better. For instance, like one guy after this, the person from Dana Fried from on Red Faction Grill, she said at low level, at low alert level, so that game's that one where you get to blow stuff up, it's open world and stuff. They say, you know, the enemies that are firing at you, um, the nearest enemies are the only ones. When people are firing at you, the only ones near you are actually firing bullets at you. Even though it looks like other people are firing bullets at you, they're just not. And so it kind of gets you the – this goes into that kind of thing where um, this becomes a game mechanic. I think we talked about this is like the – the Kung Fu movie syndrome, you know, the guy gets surrounded by 12 people, but like he gets attacked one person at a time, that type of thing, (laughs) you know, and that, that's understandable. That happens with all the Arkham games, you know? Well, yeah, but like um, even this, like with guns, it's even better because they can all look like they're firing at you, but you can only say like, well, we're only process two projectiles, you know, with the Kung Fu scenario, it's like everybody kind of has to throw a punch and they may miss or whatever, but it's like, it's pretty awesome because, you know, with guns, you can just be like, Hey, look at all, there's a hundred people firing at you. You're like Neo, but, because we said so, because there's only two actually hitting. Yeah. And so some of these, it's some of these kind of delved into some of just like design things that could be, yeah, that's just, that's how we balance the combat. But some of these, for instance, like 
this guy, Chevy Ray, he said, we have a term called coyote time for when a player walks like in a platform or walks off a platform or ledge and presses jump too late, but the jump still works. So you like, actually, that's like, it's, it's basically like padding in there. So it's like, actually, they should fall right now, but we, you know, allow them to do it and they think they're awesome and <laughs> they're not. Or Rami Ismail from, um, from Vlambeer, right? That Lou Frouser game, you ever play that, that mm. World War II, like, arcade game? He says, every time an enemy fires at you, this is actually the same from Bioshock 2 that's having the same thing. Both these games said, when an enemy first fires at you in this game in Bioshock, they always miss the first couple of times. So it gets you like, whoa, what's happening? How am I doing? You know, so you just don't get picked off. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. The really interesting one was, <laughs> this is the kind of screwed up one. Ryan and I talked about this one. They said in the first oh, Gears Jesus. of yeah. War. So in multiplayer, Gears of War multiplayer is a little bit different, if you remember, than just the Halo or Destiny or Call of Duty. Good, yeah. It was good, but it's very intense. Mm-hmm. And it, you, all those modes, it's like you died and you had to wait. It's like almost like PUBG. You die and you have to wait till the round's over and then you come back in. So when you're trying to get used to it, it's, it doesn't have, like I said, Call of Duty respawn instantly and you get back in there and just keep dying, whatever. So what they said is they in their data, they realized that people, if you lost your – if they don't – if you didn't get a kill in your first match – Right, if you were playing the game for the first time, you didn't get a kill. Ninety percent of players just turned it off. <laughs> so they're like, "Okay, that's a problem, right? What can we do?" And we don't want to like upset people and change the systems. So what they did is, when you first play your match, they start you off with huge advantages, like a bunch of additional bonus damage, bunch of additional <laughs> bon- bonus damage, and all these other things and better accuracy, all this stuff, and it tapers off if you actually get kills. But the idea is like you're super powered if you're just this new yeah. in there. Right. And it's like, it's cool, but it's also like, wait it's a Extremely second. frustrating. I guess, yeah. Like, that's cheating, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah. It's like I can understand that if you're doing that, like playing a single player or something like that. But it's like you're actually competing against other people and secretly giving advantages to noobs. And it's kind of like, eh, it's kind of a gray area. <laughs> I mean, right. I guess you could make the argument if it's a ranked playlist, then the people that are higher wouldn't be in oh, that it's, match. Yeah, so they probably wouldn't do that free for all mode. there. It's just like if you're doing like pub, public <laughs> bullshit pickup games, yeah, who cares? It sucks for people that get the buffs and still get no kills and then turn off the game. Like, oh, you must <laughs> <Yeah>. really suck. <laughs> yeah, they're they're stop stop oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. They gave me double damage and I still couldn't get anyone. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're invincible, dude. Why can't you get a <laughs> um, a couple in this article because somebody in the comments we'll read through they listed a bunch from they started this big reddit thread a few more in this article they said in system shock we made your last bullet do double damage similar trick the last bit of health thing so that's kind of cool um, oh, interesting what is it thing? So, yeah some of these are just we'll go to the reddit thread those are ones actually the more interesting too um, what is the one yeah like that transitional health like a lot of these things it's weird because some of these actually since games are getting i don't know it's not destinified it's like you know rpgified right perkified and some of these things like that that's a perk in destiny right zach like your last bullet does more damage damage. the bullet in the chamber does critical damage yeah or whatever yeah well yeah there's so some of these that Go ahead. I don't, I don't know. Are we just going to move on to some other ones? Like, or as far as, are you talking about like some that are becoming like more just sort of perks in games as far as like that kind of transitioned from uh, behind the 
screen benefits to perks is well, yeah, because I feel like a lot of these examples, if you really read through, I mean, some of the ones that are more recent are just kind of features, but the ones they're also like saying, like they they, they feel like they're referencing older games, like say Assassin's Creed and Doom, the mm-hmm. older ones have more health associated with the last tick of the health bar that make you feel like you barely survived. Like, God, I'm still, look at me, yeah. like I'm yeah. Rambo, but I'm like, that's kind of cool though, I think. I mean, if it's in a single player thing, I think it gives you some type of experience that... You that know. is something yeah. Destiny One did a ton. Uh, like you really notice that the your, I guess like the last was it ten percent of your health is actually where like eighty percent of your health actually is. So like the visual bar would go down to the last ten percent, but you still had a ton of health left. So it always kind of made you feel like you were you're right at the end of your uh, your health, but you still had a little a little leeway. So you felt really awesome when you got out of those encounters. Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Yeah, and a lot of these in this list sound like you know, the things are really just features. Like you know, one of these is like alien right. isolation it has a xenomorph xenomorph learned player habits. It's like that doesn't really provide a benefit for the player um, as far as like making them feel better about being awesome, but that does make it a cooler game because it's like, hey, if they hide in lockers a lot, the xenomorph starts to know I should check lockers more often. You know. It, so that's more of an AI type of thing, maybe. But well, that one has one that's associated. Somebody did another one for that, and they say where the actual alien, the xenomorph, has two brains. One that it was like how you would suspect in a stealth mm-hmm. game. It's like, oh, it doesn't know I'm over here. But then there's another one that actually knows where you are, just cheating wise. It's like, oh, this guy's like, over the, here. Let's like, roll the dice whether or not he's going to do a locker mm-hmm. check type of thing. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and I guess they they mentioned Left for Dead in this, but Left for Dead was the big one that I remember a few years. Listen, oh, what is this like seven years ago now? The first Left for Dead yeah. came out, um, and they 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 touted that they called it the AI right, director, right. and it was a cool feature where they said that, and it really did work because they said you're going to go through these missions. We only really have four of them, but they're really fun no matter what because what happens is, say you have four people. You start going through it, and it, it would change the enemy encounters, where they happen, what type of special enemies would happen, who they attacked, who they focused on, based on how you were doing. So if you basically if you're doing well, it would get on you. Yeah. So it's like if you tried to just book it and run through, like you know, like we do that in Destiny maps and other stuff. Now yeah. you can just like, we're running through now. Forget these guys. Just gonna hit that switch. That game would go like I'm just gonna run past this mob. They would stop you with more people and another mob right around the corner. It's like nope, you're not doing that actually. By the way, and also if you're hanging back and those people are carrying you. We're going to attack you from behind with this special. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it made it really right. dynamic and yeah, fun. And it, yeah, and, it, that- and you know what's interesting about that is they basically took this sort of mentality these other games we've just talked about had and pushed it to the forefront, like you said, packaged it in the AI director. It's like, yeah, we're secretly like poking your gameplay based off of what you're doing, and now we're almost personifying it in this like global omnipotent AI director that is affecting is like having a, uh, a feedback on your behavior. <laughs> And it's because, I mean, I remember playing games like that and be like, all right, guys, we're taking too long. We're going to get, you know, we're going to get hit with a big, you know, sort of wad of zombies right. or something because, you know, there's some this God looking down on us trying to give us a good intense experience. So, this is- Well, that's a good point because I feel like the, the tone of this Twitter thread and the Reddit thread and all this stuff was like, what are some things they do that they don't tell right. you about that make you feel better? But they, I think that was an interesting thing because, like you said, we knew about it. That's how they sold the game. And so because they told you, 
it also encouraged you not to like one encouraged you not to sit back and try to stay safe. Cause you're like, I'm going to get attacked if I do that. And also if I run through, I'm going to, it, it, it encouraged you to play the game the way they wanted you to play the right. game. Cause you knew that was going to happen. It was going to bite you in the ass. If you stepped out of line or something, <laughs> um, another there, there's some of these that are more like juicy. They say half-life two, like dirt towards the rails. They, the enemies, the, the the rails were like ragdoll magnets. So if you shot any enemy near a rail, it would just pop them into ragdoll and fly them over it. So it's <laughs> like, oh, that's fun. I do it. Um, the the one that's really kind of screwed up, the Jackson Daxter game, I never played that, um, the PS, those PlayStation games. They said that they would trip players to mask the presence of loading. That's funny. <laughs> so if it was like, oh, we haven't loaded that next section, it's like, oh, yeah. you tripped. Sorry. So that's funny. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it kind of reminds the- me of, uh, sorry, in, um, uh, what was that called? Uh, crap. Uh, the Division. When you go into that uh, the safe house, it would slow you down. You couldn't run anymore just in that oh, front yeah, section yeah, yeah. because they hadn't loaded all the textures right. on the inside. Yeah, they had right, that classic sort of dog legs. Like, hey, we're probably loading another area slash visibility calling. And yeah, and then they made you walk yeah. just to kind of ensure like, hey, if we make the walk take 10 seconds, we can totally load it in time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, they say something like fear, those first-person shooter games. These are more juicy ones, too. They said they bent bullets toward things that exploded. So if you're just oh, shooting around, it just gotcha. bends it toward. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, and some of these aren't like, like, like yeah, all these, some of these, like, some of these, again, are, like, features. Because I think as we transition, at the, probably about three or four years ago, I think maybe the AI director was the big transition in that, you know, because then these systems just explicitly start happening because, like, in Bioshock Infinite, the Elizabeth, your companion, she would just, if you ran out of ammo, she would just give you ammo or give you the, what is that magic? You know, you need the stuff to do your oh, powers. Yeah. Adam or, uh, I forget, yeah. They would just actually get that to you, but it would be much more of an interesting type of thing. Um, some of the stuff, like we played Firewatch, I thought that was, this one was kind of interesting because that's a game where you have to make dialogue choices. And I actually walked... Walking Dead to this, and those are the guys that designed that game. So it's a game that they prompt through a choice and then give you time to answer. But if you don't answer, that actually is registered as a choice in the branch. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, they have to ask you again. It actually gets, oh, they didn't answer. So something has to happen now, and that actually has to, you know, do whatever. So the other one, the Guitar Hero is the weird one, too. It said it rates you out of five stars, but it will never give you lower than a three. Right. <laughs> no, I got to go back and look at all my old Guitar Hero scores. Okay, I'm with three garbage here. Garbage, it's garbage, three, garbage. Three, 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 yeah. three. I did pretty good. Um, one of the guys can play these last. <laughs> yeah. One of these last ones actually is you guys might have more experience with Overwatch. They say if you get countered to counters to your current class in Overwatch, sound louder. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I mean,. You definitely – there's is a that, lot of sound feedback in that game totally. There's a ton of it. I'm not sure what they mean by counters to your class. Is that like like actual counter? Like uh, say if like Roadhog was running near you, you would hear him louder if he was a direct counter to your class? Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's, that's the thing. That's what I'm asking is I don't know. You know, it's like – Yeah, right. I, I haven't experienced that. But I, I know they do a lot of, uh, yeah, exactly. They do a lot of things. I think it's just like too crazy. It's just too much craziness going on. Because I know specifically, like they'll nerf sounds like for different uh, different heroes. So, for instance, uh, Sombra, like when she went into her ult, she would uh, uh, like basically announce 
or no, I no. When she came out of being invisible, she would announce that she had come out of being invisible. But they oh, actually right, right. Uh, went in and specifically nerfed that because she would announce it too, or not, I guess buffed it because she would announce it too loudly and everybody would really hear it. And so Just they brought that black, radius yeah. in, yeah. To uh, for the- that's how Genji is. I, I feel like I always hear when he's doing his ult. Because he's everybody's fucking counter. I think they do that on purpose. Like If somebody's using an ult, that is definitely louder and more pronounced to let the player know right. some shit's going For down. Sure. You know, it, But it's not necessarily saying, you know, hey, if you know, I'm um, like Farah and now Soldier is doing something, you know, some sort of hard counter, it's like, uh, That's you know, true. it's like all of a sudden you hear Soldier his more prominent. Yeah, right. or his gunfire becomes more prominent. You know, it's like, maybe, but I don't know. It's kind of a vague statement, but. Well, they've been doing that, and I've noticed in Destiny 2 now with that dawning thing where they have the mayhem going on, where the mayhem basically is a crucible mode where your supers reload in like like three seconds, I guess, four seconds. But with some of those supers, like the solar ones, they have like a little charge at like if you have the hammer or the gun or whatever, it'll go shing. It does like a little thing, you know? And I've noticed in that just because you hear it 80,000 times in a match now, you'll hear a guy do that a mile away. You're like, what's happening? Where's the guy with the hammer? You're like, I don't even see him anywhere for a while. But they make it, they make, there's not like positional sound. You just hear it. Yeah. And you're like, so it gets you like, oh, what's happening? I'm scared. <laughs> like, what's, and you don't, it just doesn't. So I guess that's the same type of thing when somebody like launches that, which of those are the basically ults yeah, in that and, game. And, and again, that that's where like this, this stuff sort of blurs the lines between like and making the player feel good, helping them out, encouraging them versus just like uh, situational awareness. Like, hey, you know, you don't want to be surprised like by a guy slinging flaming hammers that'll kill you instantly. You know, you want you want right. some like like notification that hey, I should at least be thinking about this because there is a a crazy paladin running at me someplace. Or like in um, but if if the- sorry in uh, gosh dang it sorry I just lost my train of thought. Um, Star right, Wars. Shut up, Abina. No, yeah, sorry. right. Go ahead, Abina. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I was just, dang it. Wait. No, 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 I okay. I, I, I remembered <laughs> mine. So in Fortnite, when okay. the uh, circle starts it coming it in, back it makes me. that little like <laughs> sound, you know, like the oh, little chime sound. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like, so you Warner? don't get like mm. caught off guard by that, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is like, they need that in, like, PUBG. in PUBG. PUBG, you're like, what's you're happening? Like, oh, wait, we're not even circle by a giant blue wall. Um, but they, they give you that audio cue in, in Fortnite, which is really cool. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, well, Go ahead, Davido. No, what I was going to say just randomly about, uh, I think, uh, making the experience better versus uh, just situational awareness. But I feel like for games like Overwatch or other you know games that are like itching on the eSport, I guess, realm, it's like those those small, subtle things that developers are doing, like, you know, maybe increasing the footsteps of a counter, a hard counter to you, is something that would actually really, I guess, separate, you know, like the hardcore players versus the casual player in a game like Overwatch or PUBG, where that kind of stuff, more than just situational awareness, you're hearing like, oh, my hard counter is to my left, uh, so I can actually well, focus more on that. That's actually an interesting thought, yeah, because, I mean... There's a whole other tier of player that is much more attuned to that type of stuff. Like in the old days of 
like competitions of like you know quake one through three say it's like there are people who just remembered timings in their heads but based off of power-ups on the map like knowing hey if i grab this it's a 30 second respawn so they could plan their next moves around i got the red armor okay that's x amount of time before it respawns this guy may come for it so i'm going to maybe go around and do some stuff or find a defensive you know so it's kind of like that so that would be interesting to find out that's like hey if you're attuned to the situation you're kind of that next level player you can hear this type of stuff and you know get maybe that's all, right. all in our head but you know at the same time that'd be interesting to find out oh yeah you can totally hear if this guy's coming if he's a hard counter so right yeah i think that stuff's kind of neat like there's just adjustments people make because they mentioned something about PC shooters mimic analog controls. That reminds me of Destiny again, because I told you about that, Ryan. I watched that little doc they had about how when they made the PC version, they literally changed the recoil patterns for everything. We've used mouse and keyboard. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, because they're saying like in an analog stick, when a recoil happens, it, it drifts you up like naturally and you fight that with a controller. That's like the gameplay with a mouse. You're like, what's happening here? Right. It's like, that sucks. You don't want to be drifted away from where your mouse is. So they right. make it kind of more like a random pattern around and they had to adjust everything, all the guns for it to work better for people. So that, those are neat. Those are things you never hear about. It's like sandbox changes yeah. you never hear about. I mean, they put a documentary out about it. Because that's almost like they that like applied cool. sort of Counter-Strike style gun spread patterns to it instead of like the kick up right. type of thing. Yeah. Right. So those are pretty fun. I, I, I like this. One. And again, this is, I don't, this is like, I mean, this the reason this isn't a whole topic for the show is because usually we do this stuff and then we say, well, what could you do in your game? This is all such contextual yeah. situation based, but I like, I love this topic. Thinking, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's get you thinking. Don't, don't like, yeah, if something's happened in your game, don't rely on your systems. Don't worry about change your system. There might be contextual changes you can make in moments and situations that, could help juice an experience or something um because i like this because these all the fun thing about all most of this except for the tripping when loading thing was like <laughs> these are all positive yeah. things for the most part you know they're they're built around making the player experience feel better and i remember the experience and if you think about this we've had this experience since the youngest times you played games and it's in the goddamn like Madden football games or racing games, that elastic bullshit. Oh God. And you're yeah, winning classic. 40 to nothing. And it's like interception. And it's like, fuck you. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> you keep getting an interception. Blue Screw you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that type of stuff is like the opposite. Cause it's doing it to like, I mean, it's like the AI director, but in the, but when it's, when you're beating the computer so badly, you know, I guess when, and it's like so apparent and transparent that it's like, come on, that's no way you're getting yeah, that interception. Yeah. Oh, I used to hate that so much. It pissed me off so much. So these are fun because they're like, this is about making you feel good, making you yeah. feel smart. And stuff. Actually, I, I've got a couple more here added to the bottom. that okay. um, One I found interesting, one actually kind of shatters a image I had of a game when I played it the first time. But uh, uh, the first one, though, is the it's, – was that the Dark Souls 3 bosses supposedly follow a specific time signature along with their music for their attacks, which I think is, I never noticed, but it's kind of cool that the, like, you know, the music actually coincides with the attacks, which is a good, in a game like that, that is so damn hard. Like, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, a good thing to know, which is like, it's almost like that music giving you that feeling also cues you into what's about to happen. But they, then you can just close your eyes and be yeah them. yeah except <laughs> except they said the hardest boss in the game breaks that flow 
So all of a sudden, if you are getting that sort of like flow moment where you're just like in the moment and ki- killing everything, beating a boss, like, well, not with this guy because he just doesn't care about the music signature or the timing. He will just become this like discordant thing that just kind of screws you up. Um, so I thought that was kind of a neat oh, idea good. for, you know, right. sort of a subconscious way to fight your bosses. And then the next one was in Half-Life 1, it said when they were facing more than two enemies, only two would actually attack. The rest would run to random locations and bark lines like flanking. So like, I thought their AI was that good back then. It's like, oh, flanking. And they would just run randomly around. I was like, oh, my God, they know what I'm doing. They're coordinating against me. Yeah. This is brilliant, you know, and the whole time, I mean, I'm, the AI was pretty good in that game for the time, but at the same time, it kind of gave me this grander feeling because I specifically remember one time hiding behind a box, hearing, I think it was flanking or grenade out or something like that, and I did get a grenade behind my <laughs> box, and it totally killed me, and I thought they totally flanked me and all this. Like, so now I'm kind of curious, like, was that did that really happen, or was it just like one guy chucked a grenade and the other guy's bullshit me? <laughs> so I thought they were the most brilliant, you know, antagonists ever. The one that's right above that, it reminds me of something, because I play the game Spec Ops The Line. Did you guys play that game? No, I don't think I had it, no. That was a weird, it was like a weird military shooter, but it takes place like, it's interesting. It takes place like in Dubai, but it's like even hit by the sandstorm. And it's like not post-apocalyptic, but it's just some kind of crazy end of the world scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> half of it's buried in sand and stuff. And you're fighting this thing, but it's really like a weird, like a uh, full metal jacket apocalypse now type of game. Meaning, like, you go through a lot of it, and the story, just the the overt story of the game, is they have sequences in the game where you're fighting a bunch of people. This is a spoiler alert for anybody. <laughs> you fight a bunch of people, and then it kind of, you get past it, and then your player starts going crazy, and you realize what happened is you were just killing, like, innocent people. Like... Like just who were trying to get saved. Like it's like a weird head trip game like that. But that happened overtly with cutscenes. Oh wow. But they said in this that in the game, just regularly as you're going through the look, and it's a fun game, just a shooter game, but as you're going through, they would explicitly just change things in the environment, like take out models and take out things. And you're like it's like so subconsciously you're like, What's hold on, wait a second, what's going on? So <laughs> I never noticed that, but the whole game feels kind of uneasy and weird. So maybe it did affect me in a way. Like all these things are subconscious things. So you couldn't really tell, you know, sometimes. So that's it pretty scarred cool. you psychologically is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I feel weird. <laughs> all right. That was our fun little, uh, stocking stuffer for the year. Yeah, it's limbering up um, into this year and actually doing more of this. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought before we go tonight, we'd, um, what real quick this is we don't have to get into this because we actually talked about a lot of this stuff this year but some of these stories of the years like what from you guys opinions what do you think was the big in game dev game it's been a big controversial year for a lot of things i actually think one of the ones we actually had a whole episode about but what do you guys think are some like what is one of your biggest games that you think is the most important game story coming out this year? Oh, it's I feel like it's definitely the the loot box situation. And I mean, <laughs> right. I agree. I mean, it's same here. I mean, you've, you've got governments starting to look at it. So, if that's not the biggest thing that happened last year in gaming, as far as like you know, mechanics or you know, financials, that's that's got to be it. I mean, because you know, EA really screwed the pooch with Battlefront and you know, introducing these mechanics and, you know, the community, like all these loot box mechanics and, you know, the community started doing the calculations and social media with like, you know, Reddit and a bunch of other sites just blew up like with an all out attack on this game. 
And um, yeah, I, I that's definitely got to be one of the biggest stories in the industry from last year. Right. And, and we had some big year too because we had two, I mean, one and a half consoles come out. We had a Switch. Oh, with yes. Nintendo's return. To, I bought a Switch now. I have a Switch. It's sitting right Switch over there. Switch is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Santa brought it for my daughter and me. <laughs> but <laughs> wait, but, did she open it? But I told no, her he like, did. there's no label. <laughs> it. You better make Just sure from Santa. So I licked yeah. it. It's mine. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but that's a big deal because that's you know they've been struggling and we was a big kind of weird well, Switch success. Has not been we struggling used. recently. Have you seen their numbers? No, no, oh, yes. no. We oh. no we Switch hasn't. But Wii U they went through a whole oh, dark okay. time right, where right, they right. sold like thirty thousand units and stuff. And now today I saw the story. It's the fastest selling console in U.S. history. That's, so, that's crazy. That considering last year? Such that's this problems. year. Yeah, or 2017. Yeah, 2017. Right. That's crazy. Maybe that's felt like it was so long ago. Quote unquote supply problems. Yeah, right. Yeah. Meaning they they keep Start it out the of market. Work. People want to yeah. buy it every moment. Yeah. Speaking of 2017, well, I guess this is more of a year. Um, I guess a year in review. I remember in 2016, we thought we were like saying that 2017 was going to be the year of VR. Yeah. How did you guys think about like what happened with VR in the last year? Have I you bought an Oculus Rift and a bunch of stuff, but I mean, that, oh, you did. I have did, you played yeah. okay. Fallout Four in VR yet? No, I hadn't. I it's mean, it's freaking awesome. Like I we oh, yeah. we downloaded it uh, on our Vive station and like we're we have it work yeah at work <laughs> I didn't you tell me that why didn't you tell me that <laughs> wow because then Mad you would play it and I wouldn't Mad. be able to <laughs> but we downloaded well, it, it and work. we were testing all the controls and it it really is amazing like what they were able to do with it I mean it's got its quirks but like you really feel like you're sitting there in the the Fallout Four universe and it, it's the crazy immersive. But yeah. is that any better than playing in real life? I'm not entirely sure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I it, think- it's definitely more interesting because I played it before and now it's a completely different experience. But right. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's still kind of up in the air. Well, I think, you know, maybe to Abina's point, it's like the year of VR is like mass market. And I, I don't think it's there, yeah, honestly. Right. I think VR is well, still, still a prosumer thing. Yeah, right now, I yeah. think it's still in a very weird state where, I mean, because you look at the, um, well, like you said, I hadn't played Fallout. I've seen some video like the Doom VR and some, you know, just some other people in the industry talking about it, like, and some other podcasts. And it sounds like it's really cool, but it's still not like if you're playing Doom on your PC, it's not the same sort of rip and tear cool experience. So it's like, yeah, it's like VR has hit this weird sort of technological, like, yes, we can do this. We can do a lot of cool shit, but mass market, it's still not quite there. Like, honestly, the PS4 VR, I've just not heard a lot of people be like touting that. I know some people who got it and were like yeah it's kind of cool for some stuff but nobody's like oh you've got to play this game this way like they're like you know this format is the way you've got to experience it it's like yeah you can play fallout or doom and if you got a vr headset it may be cool to play with it but who cares otherwise nobody's going to spend a few hundred more dollars and make a vr rig for it so right well to i guess uh, adding on to that i'm not sure how much we want to dive into this vr question but i was going to ask like to your point about like mass markets do you feel like like uh some of the bigger i guess game players uh in the vr market i guess unity being one facebook you know google do you feel like they are still as fiery as they were in the previous year uh, about VR and or 
Yeah, let's focus on VR. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they're definitely they definitely still have support and are maintaining support for it. But I mean, uh, so like the last Unite, I mean, I don't remember a lot of like VR hubbub. It was more, you know, real time sort of like movies, yeah, making, and like you know, the whole yeah, yeah. Neil Bloom camp showing off Adam, and that was that's true, super cool. It's like. None of that had anything to do with VR. But, I mean, a lot of technology right. can be maybe applied to that. But, you know, it's like nobody's – it's just kind of – it's just seen, it's out there now, but it just feels like, yeah, 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 yeah you could do that in VR type of thing. It, But, it, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the big players are still supporting it and running with it. But, hell, even John Carmack over at uh, Facebook and Oculus, you know – I wouldn't be surprised if he got bored because he was talking to Musk about shooting rockets in the air and he used to have a rocket company. So maybe he's just like, man, maybe rockets are the thing for next year. Who knows? All right. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, when it came out and all the stuff we've seen, I mean, one, I mean, I th- there's probably been some really great games there have been. I mean, the big success this year, what I think we've seen, like, yeah, you have Fallout and you have, I mean, Fallout is the game. Skyrim is the game. But the Doom thing is just like an experience. But we actually had the first this year that was pretty successful and people really liked it first mainstream full-on triple a vr game it worked on both but that resident evil 7 people love that in vr yeah and it actually worked really well for people that played it in that i mean some people of course had varying responses but but that was only on ps4 right on psvr or whatever right yeah but what i'm saying is that was a game that i mean you can play it on both but it was a game that no this is the first from the beginning it's not a port it works in vr as crappy as that VR kind of is, that like, VR is not it, good. I'm sorry. Yeah, but but it's been selling okay. But it, but it but it, it gave somewhat of an experience to people. So it's like, oh, right. cool, this is a real game in VR yeah. made from the beginning. I mean, of that and I, it, I don't know. It's I get I I just kind of got I just always like to poop on it because it's just like yes, this is a mass market cheapo version that's kind of like yeah, it kind of works VR low resolutions. But you're right, Resident Evil Seven. You know, I don't know if anyone has it was considered a success. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, no, it didn't was, sell as like, well. I don't if know. If somebody but would like, tell me you can port that over to PC with Oculus Rift and those touch controllers, right. I would totally play that and shit my pants right. scared most of the time, probably. <laughs> but um, I mean, because I wouldn't play that without VR. What are you talking yeah, right? about? <laughs> <laughs> I got piddle pads around. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, no, but, <laughs> no, but I mean, you're right. There's some, there's some games I think that would like if, if people would just embrace it and tailor it. It would be great, but it's just to me, it's the, and I'm like a huge proponent of. Had like every Oculus dev kit and the final, you know, consumer version. But I still admit it's like this is not going to be mass market yet, still for a little bit. But I will say that one thing that did make me feel a lot better is when I got the consumer version when they, you know, dropped the price like three hundred dollars for the whole kit. It was like it was great to see that like based off of the previous dev versions, of course, that their experience for startup with it and setup was vastly streamlined from what I had experienced That's before. Right. And it was like they had a whole intro program and experience that really kind of made you smile and say like, holy shit, these controllers and this headset really work. And so like hopefully that little like sort of diamond in the rough or like that little grain of sand becomes a pearl or you know like that maybe down the road people start saying hey this is a way we could make could make games that really sort of you know uh leverage this experience and technology but again right now i i just think it's still not mass market enough yeah and 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 you also like i mean well and i think the problem is when people say like well it's just too much and then also it's 
very tethered. And we got the announcement yeah. of the Oculus Go that's going to come out. It's 200 bucks, but it's an encompassing thing. And we got a bunch of like weird. And the thing about it is, it's like the, the real big story now is this VR. I mean, I don't think it fell this year. I think it just, it just plateaued. Remained. Yeah. It plateaued. And now we get this excitement for AR. I mean, they already had a bunch of AR, the Microsoft Acer have some weird device, but we just finally got the first word from that Magic Leap company. <laughs> The other time about their thing and supposedly it might the dev kits might come out this year so you kind of wonder i mean vr these companies like facebook behind oculus and vr because they think vr is the future not for games but for other things mm-hmm. but ar also i think ar has more possibilities for real world <laughs> applications than vr because v- ar is kind of the answer because ar would be vr it's just black out the whole thing and it's vr right so um so we'll see. Yeah. It, I feel like that's going to be the big battle going into the next couple honestly, of years. Honestly, but I, VR I, versus I, AR. I, with the AR, still crazy, thing, like, I honestly feel like it's like $800 devices, though. Right. So yeah. It's, it's like, device cost, but it's also what are you doing? Because the, like, okay, see with Apple and iOS 11 and the new iPhones, it's like the stuff I've seen from their AR gaming is just such a stupid gimmick. Like, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, even just the practice. I mean, I, I got to try that HoloLens once here in Atlanta, this little event. Eduardo and I did. Yeah. Eduardo, we miss you. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the thing that, like, it didn't convince me because, you know, they have models and bullshit, but then you look over the side and they have that in the first example. Well, no, of that no, no. Like, I'm not even There's a goddamn that. TV on the wall. And I was like, if I could have, and it looked pretty good. So it's like, if you could have monitor, if the resolution of AR gets there and you could have a hundred inch TV on your wall and have things while you're walking, you know, that's cool. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, that could be pretty cool yeah. for stuff like movies and things. But I mean, like for a lot of gaming, I just don't even know if that's like, I yeah, just it's not, it's not there. Right. Yet. I mean, it's yeah. like, cause even with these phones, like most of the games I see or the experiences are these really contrived things like look i'm i'm putting my phone at this table and i'm kind of commanding this i'm like this is really looks like a pain in the ass now i've got to point the phone and all this out crap. Hand yeah. like, get out of here it's <laughs> like Steven. why don't you just Piece make the same game with a touch interface and not make it so goddamn annoying you know so right uh, it's like but ar i think it's has cool, a lot of great yeah. real world applications because it's augmenting the real world so it's just maybe not many gamings Say what? Our cyber feature will get it all installed in our head at some oh point. Oh, God. And then, and then and you can then find out the begin. chips that were made to install it in your head have a critical flaw, and then you'll get a meltdown or a specter. So. Well, you don't <laughs> never be an early adopter of <laughs> yeah. cyber technology. Sorry. Wait for or them. Intel chips from like the 90s. So, whatever. <laughs> all right. So, those are some of the fun stories this year. Let's move on to our games of the year. Obina. Let's start with you. What was your game of the year? It doesn't have to be again. I mean, I know you. You might. It doesn't exactly. have to be a game this year. Ashes. It could be an old game. It doesn't have to come out this year. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we played it this year. Oh my god, we did. Oh, play you it did. Year. You guys did yeah. play it. A, a, a very we very signed rough. An, we signed an NDA. We're not talking about yeah. it at all. So we didn't. But like, uh, what is your what game were you playing the most? It doesn't have to be from this year, but our game of the year can be anything. What was you played the most this year? You say this is my game of this year. He's like, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> we can come. You played Overwatch. You just talked. That's more of I've heard you talk about a game in a while. But I, I also played. I'm actually gonna say. Well, does that have to be my favorite game? Which is the game you want us to talk yeah. about for a second? <laughs> Even a couple for two. Do- I will yeah. say Battlefront Two. 
Oh, wow. Exactly. Because you, you got Xbox One X, right? I did get Xbox One X, and it, it looks really good on my TV, for one. It's uh, it's a great experience, at least the campaign mode. I didn't have much fun with multiplayer at all. Um, I'm not sure if it's just because I sucked, but the campaign mode was really cool. I didn't play the Battlefront 1, so maybe that's why I'm a little out of touch with what to what I should have expected from campaign mode, but what I right. experienced in campaign mode in Battlefront Two was really really good. It made it made me feel like I was, you know, in the Star Wars universe for real, and like I was playing an active part and learning these stories about. There's you know, the main characters like Iden Versioso or Versio, uh, who's like part of the Empire at first. But anyway. Let me not ruin the story, but it was just a really good campaign. And she turns it, to the rebels, guys. Spoiler she turns right. to the rebels. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the most obvious thing we thought would happen. She does. Exactly. Sorry, that's true. Whatever. They, yeah, you, you guys get to play as Lando, though, in that campaign, though. Yeah, exactly. You get character. to play with all like the your favorite characters from the Star Wars universe, which is really cool. So that's what was really fun. And, and just... A lot of this, they they had like different game, game gameplay mechanics that uh, was fun to use. Uh, but again, like I played this, I played it in multiplayer soon after and before I even campaign mode, and both times were they were lackluster. I didn't have fun. Those games, it's hard. I mean, they the first one's kind of lacking, and this one, I, I guess I haven't played it. I guess it has problems, but. As a Star Wars fan, it's like you got to at least appreciate all the detail that goes into the stuff exactly. they recreate like, in those oh, games. Oh, I get to fly the a TIE yeah. fighter. I get to fly. You yeah. Know, the this sound really in those cool. games is amazing. Like hearing those yeah. the real sound they use the yeah. real mm-hmm. archive sounds. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's so good. Yeah. And they go scan real props and stuff. So yeah. that's Yeah, cool. it's really cool. All right, Ryan, what's your game of the year? Okay. Um,. I, I got okay, so I got like I guess two ways of looking at this. So I think like Breath of the Wild was definitely a lot of fun and had a lot of great mechanics and a lot of thought put into it. Like as a whole, well-rounded game, I think that probably wins it. Destiny Two, I played a ton of it with you guys. So co-op wise, I think that is my game of the year because they basically took the Destiny formula, uh, you know, and distilled it and refined it into something that was like a, a lot of fun, a, very replayable, and you know, the campaign was even better. But I got to say for like just sheer fun and like characters and storyline, uh, Wolfenstein too, uh, the new Colossus. Nice. I mean, uh, like you guys, if you're not going to ever play that game, if you don't want to play that game, go on to YouTube and watch one of the cutscene walkthroughs. Yeah, don't spoil it, man. I'm going to play it. Dude, dude. Yeah, don't spoil it. The characters <laughs> in that game are amazing. You, there's so many times you'll be like fuck yeah and like just smile or go like what the hell i mean the game leads you down <laughs> it's these- a good year for a cathartic of killing yes That's a good- and it's <laughs> not even about the whole like is this the, the current political climate thing it's just the way they set things up and like the crazy that those happens. games always do that yeah that's wolfenstein's history right? yeah, yeah and it's like that is their history but you know it's like their modern history i should say the old ones were just kind of like just go kill stuff but you know their modern history is setting up these characters and circumstances that are out there, but somehow they sort of ease you into it to where you're like, yes, I accept this. Yes, this happened. And on the surface, if you just told somebody this flat out without context, it is ridiculous and stupid. But in your moment, you're like, you're just like, yes, yes. Okay, great. This is awesome. Or you meet this new character and you're like, this person is batshit insane. I love them. You know, and just, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just like they just have such a great mishmash of, you know, backgrounds, ethnicities, cultures, and just craziness that it's you, you, 
like rising up against this sort of dark force that you're like, yes, this is sort of the fun bit about America and killing Nazis, you know? So <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I actually have a new game, but Zach can go first. Alrighty. Um, mine. I, I have two of them kind of as well here. So, you know, mine is, so don't steal mine first. <laughs> Say your other one and then too late. <laughs> Wait, actually, I don't know yours. Wait, wait. Say the other one first, the one we talked about today. Use Which, your verbal oh cues. Yeah. <laughs> or and you just go yeah, first. Yeah, well, <laughs> go first. So, yeah, that's a way to preempt that. Yeah. <laughs> we talked exactly. about a lot of things today. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just gonna say my game. my game is Destiny 2. Again, PUBG, we talked so much about it. we had an episode about it. that was a great game. We loved it. We got a chicken dinner last night. Yes, yeah, we it did. It wasn't 2017, so it kind of affects the rankings. I don't, I don't care. Like, we did that. <laughs> yeah, we did that. It was it, to me like in a way, like as an industry game, you have to. Uh, to me, a part of me is like that's the game of the year. Like it's affected mm-hmm. so much, it's gonna affect. It's gonna affect stuff for the next couple of years with games. Right. Every game gonna have a battle royale mode. We saw, you know, Fortnite. We saw Paladins today. He's gonna have one. There's gonna be eight other ones by the end of this year. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, like, as an objective choice, that's cool. Game of the Year. Destiny 2 blew me away. I know there's a bunch of weird controversy now, and people think it's too good, and they couldn't play it for every day for four hours. But I, we, this is documented. This is the thing on this show. I was so excited about Destiny 1. You know, you know, we were all. Yeah. And I bounced hard off of that one. We've talked, we've, we've shat on that game forever. And Zach was the one that really held out and played more of that game and, got into some of the good stuff and like what it is about. And this is the first time well, the thing was playing that, this game. The Destiny 1 took a little while to really get into that, right? It took well, and it took expansions. a lot of effort. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So Yeah, but by then I was just so I was just so pissed at but I I just really bounced. I felt like these people do now, I guess, I don't know. But the difference was I only played for 20 hours and I quit. It, like you And also the difference like was you didn't right? go online and bitch about it for, you know, Every yeah. day, right? I just said, I don't like it. And we talked about it in here critically, but I didn't say, why is this not the game? I was like, well, it's not for me. Done. But I, right. again, I wasn't even excited. We pre-ordered it, and I was like, cool, yeah. I fell in love with this game. I, they, I feel like they totally, I mean, they feel like they get it for casuals. Maybe I'm a casual, and now I feel it's directed towards me. Mm-hmm. But the first, t- I feel like from the story for the first 20, 40, I, play, I have almost played 200, 300 hours of the game. I played seven characters. In the, I love this game so much. I still play it. I think they've made that, like, that jump so much better. And again, maybe they don't have some of the grindy stuff they've had before, but they'll get there. But I feel excited. I feel like I felt like Zach maybe felt Destiny 1. I get what he was saying about the game now, like the lore and all these things and getting stuff. And I think they did such a good job and, I almost feel like sometimes people, yeah, again, people give a shit for this. I feel people like, I think they did such a good job of streamlining the process and making it good that people just want so much more now. And they're like, why can't I have it? I want more. I want to play this every day. I was like, well, sorry, guy, this is a $60 game. We talked about this before. Yeah. Like, you can't, yeah. you want, you're not paying you know, $15 so, a month, so yeah, we can't give exactly. you all the things that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it so, infinitely I mean, fun? He's like, well, what the hell, man? <laughs> Do you have so, infinite money to pay them? <laughs> I have to give them super just from the development of the game. I think they totally did at least the experience from the first 40 hours of this game and to doing it and making me want to do more characters. It did what the first one I think should have done. Yeah, I want more now, but I don't fault them for not having that. I fault reality for not allowing me. Like, they don't have 4,000 developers. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel the same way those guys do, but I know that I just have to wait. But so to me... It won over. I think that's my 
I played more of that than anything I want to play right now. And also, uh, I think <laughs> it, it, it bears mentioning the like the art and the sound and you know the, the, oh, the yeah. whole art the whole great. total product is just amazing. Uh, I think yeah, they story did a, story was like a major overhaul. In that this very right. true. They it actually made it was night and day. They brought it made sense. It was night and day. They brought the story <laughs> yeah. back into the game instead of on a uh, server really somewhere it, on the internet. Yeah, yeah. From like from the start to finish, it was like all about story. Yeah, involving in the world. Sorry, I think Zach, you haven't even gone yet. Yeah, no, I haven't yeah. gone. But Andrew stole one of my things. But again. Uh, I I absolutely agree with everything he said. It, you know, Destiny Two has been like my game for the past like three four months now. Um, Zach's probably playing it right now. Uh, I was playing it at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> so when you go to edit and uh, we missed the uh, uh, the cue, that was me not yeah. saying yeah because yeah, I was playing. Uh, anyways, uh, my other one is a game that I just recently started playing, and it's got a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. Uh, but it's dreadnought. So it's basically just, uh, you know, you're flying a giant spaceship, shooting other spaceships and a kind of, uh, there's a couple different game modes, but I think it's, uh, it's a, is it an AV8 or 10 V10? I can't remember. Um, but you, yeah, you fly yeah. giant spaceships shooting, you know, nukes at each other and, and standard guns and they have sniper ships and Corvettes and dreadnoughts and all different types of ship uh, ships. Uh, it it really fills that power fantasy for me. Like I, I get to fly in there with this giant ship and destroy a whole bunch of people, and it feels great. And it, like it's <laughs> yeah, and, well, and, and we've been pl- yeah, we've been playing this together, and it, it definitely fulfills that need for like you want these like cool like yeah, for cool destruction, killing people. But it's like there's these huge spaceships, right? Like you said, like the multiple classes. Like you have a dreadnought, big, slow, lumbering, but with these huge like this huge amount of firepower, like missile batteries and warp jumps and things like that. But these are almost sort of mo sort of MOBA esque or, or basically class based sort of mm-hmm. systems where say like a dreadnought again, big and lumbering, a lot of armor, but, and then every, but every class is like one through four for their special abilities. And these could be like yeah. warp jumps or repairs or missile batteries or nukes. And each class sort of has their own set of things. And um, it just, it's, it's been a lot of fun because it's a slower, pace sort of death match or team sort of objective thing where you know you're you're maneuvering these ships around and the strategies are just you know like space combat but sort of condensed down into their essence and so it, it's a lot of fun in that regard now it's a free-to-play game yeah so that's you kind of run into these pay-to-win walls it, sometimes you know. it is a very transparent pay-to-win kind of strategy yeah. here it, it, and not just pay-to-win but literally pay for any kind of ship like uh customization you want so if you want to change the color of your ship or if you want to add a new uh i guess like uh mount on your ship so you can have like the bow uh ornaments you can change all that stuff which is like oh sweet i can go make my custom ship and make it look so awesome but you have to pay you know 20 bucks to go get a new one which translates to $20. Well, actually, so I think it's 200 gold, which translates to like $5 or something like that, which is a crazy amount of money to, to customize your ship. So you really want to make sure that you pick what you want. If you're going to pay to win uh, or pay to customize in that aspect, but there's also like four or five hero ships. There's, there might be more that you can purchase that are, I guess they're fully upgraded within their class. So there's, 
uh, if you have um, like there, there's four or no, there's five levels and you can play and, and recruit with one and level one and two, you can play in veteran with three and four and then five is, is legendary. Um, but they come, if you purchase these ships, they can come in each one of those zones as the fully upgraded version. So you can come in day one without having played any and pay $10 and get a maximum ship for recruit level, which is very, uh, um, it's frustrating. And also the amount of money it costs is kind of ridiculous when you, when you start adding them up and saying like, okay, well, if I wanted to buy a ship in each one of these, some of these ships cost 40,000 gold, which I think it translates to like, $30.4 $30.4 Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta translate my Ethereum into Bitcoin and then cash it out. It's, yeah. it's a pain on the end. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it, just the amount of money that you like, it, it's obscured through this, this stupid, you know, like, okay, well, it's conversion process. So you don't, I mean, hopefully you see how much you're spending when you go to buy the, the gold, but. Uh, when you do the calculations, you're like, oh, that's not, so you a, ha- you that's not any honest money yet, at all. Zach? I have spent $10 on the game. I knew there was some money involved. When, but I'm very happy with the $10 I spent. But that that being said, I look at the... So you're saying the, you're justifying your purchase by making your game of the year. That's what No, I'm just... Exactly. I'm, I justify my purpose with the fact that I enjoyed the game for well over, you know, 50 hours so far. Did you say you justify your you purpose or purpose? 50 hours? <laughs> well, both. <laughs> yes, both of those. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I really enjoy the game. However, I don't want to spend over $100, you know, buying all the well, ships. Right. Wait till you're 60 bucks and then yeah. cut off yourself. Well, you, you, well, the that, $60 one gives our- you that 4000 4, or 4 Yeah, I think it's 4000 plus a few other things, but still. What are you going to say, Abina? Nothing actually. Well, I mean, I was going to say something, but I was like, uh, it's, it's like a topic for another day. Yeah, no, it's a whole wow. other conversation about like games and their current like premium prices, and then how other people are trying to restructure. We kind yeah. of talk about it a little kind bit. Of, yeah, no, it's yeah. like a loot boxes or like this type of paid for packages type of thing. And it's like, you know, personally, I'm like, just make it eighty dollars and I get everything. Make it a hundred dollars and I get everything. There's games I would pay well, that, that for. But again, that's destiny, that's and then destiny people bitch about that. You're never satisfied. People bitch about that. They want Warframe where you can buy everything, and then it's just a. I think it's a damned if you do, a damned if you don't. It really is. Time, you're so. right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we. All right, real quick. Oh, sorry. Mah, sorry. Mah. All right, we gotta go. go. <laughs> we'll we gotta move. This is 2018. We don't wait in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. This is a new hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag new. Can't wait. 28 or 28 don't matter ready here we go we're gonna talk about real quickly before we leave our games we were very excited for and i think there's a lot of overlap here so Mm -hmm. we can just talk real quick we don't have to soliloquy about it but 2018 what games are you most excited for anybody go anthem anthem vote that's three votes for anthem all right yeah (laughs) come on red dead 2 is coming out red dead 2 you know anthem this is the thing i I, uh, that thing looks good the more i watch that one little demo the more like that's total bullshit but also you got to be a little worried about the battlefront stuff with ea and anthem coming out and mass effect and it's bioware right for anthem so yeah maybe they can they totally killed bio killed mass effect this year they're not doing dlc for that the franchise is gone for a few years because they're investing in anthem let's i think they're yeah that's my hope it looks amazing though what do they intend with that it's destiny plus your iron man it's just everything you wanted 
MMO. It looks great. It looks amazing. I'll wait and see, but like Red Dead One blew me away. It's a it's a guaranteed like it's you know that's gonna be a great experience. Red Dead Two. And if you're Spider Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man is on my list too. The only thing Spider-Man, I'm a little worried about the amount of uh, quick time events in Spider-Man. That's I hope true. It's, I feel like, I hope it's like Spider-Man 80% 2 quick time events. But I feel I like hope it's like the, the old one where you get to go around the city, right? I remember that, that game. That was awesome. Right. Yeah, if they can capture that feeling though where you're flying around the city and like helping people out and kicking villains' asses, right. it could be really awesome. Um, <laughs> Jeez, I want to go yeah, play that like game again that- now. Yeah, because I mean that—that that was almost the funnest part of that other game. Is just like when you're, like, what's the word? Not trans, trans. What the fuck is what? word? What's that word? What do you have? Just like slinging? moving. Yeah, yeah. So I'm slinging through yeah. the city, trans to, like, around the, the city. Yeah, trans. As I teleported as Spider Man. <laughs> Whatever. Well, like the combat was not even that like, the fun part. I feel like it was more just the swing. The movement was, was yeah, the the, yeah, yeah, the movement yeah. mechanics were very awesome in that old game. So, right. Um, I oh, I think. Go ahead. I was just gonna say my other one that I've been waiting around for a while for State of Decay two. Um, I, I think that's I the one that on three sixty. Yeah. I thought that was one of the best sort of apocalypse zombie games. Your base building, you're going out looking for resources. You've got guns and. You know, you can co well actually you know you couldn't co op it in the first one, but they say there's co op in this one, which is what I'm really looking forward yeah. to. Because it'll be a total survive zombie apocalypse survival the way I think it should have been done game. I think yeah, I loved hearing about that game. I, I'm gonna commit myself to playing that game. I bought that game. I UI snobbed my way out of that game because it was it was kind of a mess before, but it was really great, the systems. And yes. now I hope it's like, oh, we refined all the stuff and it worked really well together and it cool looking and stuff. Yeah. I just that one was just a little bit of a mess, but it's kind of a beautiful mess before that I kind of didn't have time for. So yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it had some rough edges, but at its core I really like what they were doing. So another one this year that we missed that maybe a year from now we'll be doing a four player stream of is that Sea of Thieves game. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That game could be fun. Yeah, I feel I like think. that could be that could be like the next iteration of like this PUBG battle battle royale. Yeah, just a weird like emergent multiplayer thing yeah exactly pirates treasure doing it <laughs> booty yeah. yes booty i'm also looking forward to <laughs> booty like, doing it i'm also looking forward to crackdown three oh, yeah. i love the fr- i never played the second crackdown the first crackdown was so much fun the first crackdown was a game on 360 the only reason was, i played that was because you got yeah, the halo of the halo 3 yeah. beta <laughs> yeah everybody bought it because if you bought crackdown 3 you could get the halo 3 beta which is a very very good move but the game was amazing crackdown was amazing it was a fun spider-man type game where you go around the city and you can throw cars by the end it was super fun so hopefully this one they got terry cruz in that ad for it the trailer for it so (laughs) i hope he's just in the game though but it's a it's a fun thing i'm excited about that too oh yeah one more i actually paid in for i just noticed on this list for kickstarter is the remake of system shock Oh, yeah. yeah That's so, I've never played System Shock. Yeah, well, I mean, like, Ken Levine, some of those... Or, or no, what was Ken Levine? They made the second Sorry. one. They, Ken Levine played, made the second System one. System Shock 2, at, yeah, you're right. Um, oh, God, I just blanked on the dude's name. Looking Glass made the first one. Is it Warren Spector? No, then, Spector, right? thank the first, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Okay. But, yeah, I, so, I'm kind of looking forward to having that in a those modern Those are the system. proto-Bioshock, basically. Yeah. System Shock, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. So. It's, it's going to be an Unreal Engine, so it should look pretty good. 
Abina, are you playing with your dog? <laughs> yeah, my dog is playing with his toy. Oh, I was like, you're playing the dog. Get Abina's sitting there squeaking the squeaker. This is a professional organization. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, Put away your shit. toys. We're talking about toys. <laughs> <laughs> Abina got a dog in 2017. Yes. Yes. I really did. Yeah, that, he's got a new family. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. And now he won't give like let go of it. So <laughs> if you guys hear, it's it. called tug of war. Um, Abina. Yeah. What his dog is called total war. <laughs> tug of war. Total war. Yeah, tug of war. There you go. We're looking forward to that All tug right. of war game. <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right. All In the right. meantime, go to the Facebook Lounge. Facebook, the Debug Lounge on Facebook <laughs> is our Facebook group. It says Facebook Lounge in the outline. Everybody's on there. That's the only you place you've it. been. That's yeah. That's the only place you've been going because we got to have an episode like in almost two months. But sorry, you guys have been push posting stuff there constantly. Um, and that being said, I want to say hit, something. We hit eight nine hundred oh. members too. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Boom. Yeah. Um, and talking about Patreon, I think I talked to some of you about this, but I'll just say it on the show live. I think what we're gonna do, like as the show goes on, we we want to make sure that we stay consistent and don't go. And I think. <sighs> sometimes we try to build up and do two or three in a row and then we don't have it for a month or two. Like, so we're going to try at least do one a month, maybe two a month, sometimes happening and maybe more if we do. But I also think that what we're going to do with the Patreon, because we have a $10 level on there that has a, a meetup that we haven't done in like two months. We're going to take that off. Everybody who's ever paid for that, we're going to organize a meetup in January for everybody, a big final one to have fun. And we can still do that you know, with the community if you guys want to do that. But we just feel bad because we get so busy. And we'll just keep, we'll still keep Patreon up there because we like the money. We don't get money. But, <laughs> but, but, but the only perks will be on there will be like early episodes and stuff when we put them out and stuff. So we just don't want to commit to something that we can. Again, because this, this whole thing is done because we like to do it when we have time and we like to talk the sh- and shoot the shit and stuff. So that'll be a change. But um, <laughs> that you just erased the entire outline. Holy shit. Out. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, we're going to do that. So look for that. If you guys know who you are, we'll get in contact with you in the next couple of weeks. And in January, we'll do kind of a big final phone. I don't even mind doing that every now and then. We can, you know, for free when we want to do that stuff. It's just we don't want to commit to something we can't oh, we feel bad about that. Cool. Um, also ahead. announce here are the uh, – now that the football season's over, you can announce our winner. Who's our winner, Ravina? Our winner was Eric Scott, hashtag, or a.k.a. AB over Underwatch, I think. Yeah, we had some harsh competition this year. Jonathan Brown, our old former co-worker, he was, had a rough season. He was Very rough. He was 3-10. <laughs> yeah. and, and Rebecca yeah. didn't do wow. that. He's a good either. player, too, though. <laughs> so... And yeah. it was just a weird season. Eduardo finished fourth. He didn't touch his team all year. So I don't know <laughs> what's yeah. going on. That was terrible. Um, but we had fun. We're going to do that again next year. And we'll look for other fun stuff we can do It was in there. Fun, funny. It was always fun, like, smack talking with Jonathan and Rebecca. Rebecca. Rebecca can talk some smack. Yeah, she can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh. So we'll do more st- fun stuff like that. But just the point is, I don't think we're going to tie the Patreon. We'll just do it for fun and free and have fun with everybody. Because we just want to make sure we're not committing the stuff mm-hmm. and... We know how you guys get busy. We get busy too. So, anyways, um, that's good. We'll have a good 2018. Until next time, you can reach me at at Andrew underscore Curry. That's U R R I E. And I'm at O Beans. That's O with an H. Beans with a Z. And I'm at Wookie Jumper 42. And I'm at R E Kilgore. K L O G O R E. Two L's, people. 
No one follows you anymore. Oh, shit. That's true. I'm just yelling into the ether. You you do. You give me mercy likes. I really do. All right. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. Take it easy, guys. He's probably been sitting there like, what are you taking away from off your face? He looks so sad. I'm shitting your pillow in the morning. (laughs) Now that you know what it's like, little boy. Oh, no, but pets, like, I think what they do is, like, you're just around them most of the time. You kind of talk to them every now and then, but then we get on these, you start doing podcasts, like, who are you talking to? (laughs) You're looking at this magic box, and you're just (laughs) speaking into it, and you're laughing. Exactly. Katana hates when I sit at my desk because I'm usually yelling at Destiny when I play. <laughs> so she's like, what's wrong? Why are you yelling? Why are you so angry? I can't help you. <laughs> my cat just jumps up in my lap for warmth. She's like, I'm going to lay here now. I'm like, all right. That's oh. fine. <laughs>